get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Come to me, clouds. May you rise as an evil storm born to rip them open. Let the cover of night bear witness and destroy those who resist so they shall harm... So they shall harm me not. Who the fuck wrote this? Ladies and gentlemen, we watched Stay Alive, and uh, it's the best movie ever made. Correct. See you all next week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real 1B to Tokyo Drift. That's forgotten. There we go. Yeah, it's right up there. Uh, For those of you of a similar age, just cast your mind back to watching G4 or Adult Swim or any of that nonsense and just constantly hearing in commercials. If you die in the game, you die for real. It's very strange that we haven't done this movie yet. Yeah, this might be part of our official canon. Folks, oh, we all make mistakes. mistakes. We'd like to apologize on behalf of uh, on behalf of the world because you know this. You guys should have heard about this movie if you haven't yet, and that's on us. I'm we not take responsibility. You know, for we our often mistakes. talk about a certain genre of movies that we seem to really enjoy, but this might be one of the very few, very strongly post 9-11 movies that we really like and this is very distinctly post 9-11 except for one line so uh before we get into the rest of it parker do we have any news dude it was fucking death by a thousand paper cuts this week like i don't even want to focus on anyone you just look through the headlines it's oh a gi joe origins movie a save by the bell reboot a fresh prince of bel-air reboot three men in a baby remake a mcgruber <laughs> series zack snyder talking about justice league again a George Carlin documentary from Judd Apatow, which, you guess it, it's two parts, because God <laughs> fucking forbid you condense anything down. <laughs> so, I don't want to talk about that, I just want to ask you one question. Oh, uh, let's hear it. In the animated remake of Blazing Saddles, which animal's going to be the black one, cats or dogs? <laughs> which slur will be used in place? Oh, man. You know the worst part about it is, like, I've... A lot of this goes without saying. I hate remakes. I hate the fact that this is being made. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. What really gets me? Apparently Mel Brooks is involved in this. Apparently he's in the movie in some capacity. I mean, can we do a wellness check? I think we should. Is he signing those papers? Yeah, someone's just propping him up like George Harrison's corpse. He's getting the Stan Lee treatment. We're like, where am I? I shut the fuck up and sign it. All right. Yeah, that just breaks my heart. You know, everyone should see the original Blazing Saddles, and I can't believe I have to call it the original Blazing Saddles. <laughs> it fucking owns, doesn't it? It's just breaks nice my to, heart. After fucking ten years of YouTube videos, you know, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. Uh, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think my initial reaction to hearing about this and the cast list really says it all. Which was that I have never heard a list of people that I have ever expected more to end in and Ken Jong. <laughs> <laughs> except same except for Simon Kill. Don't <laughs> Now Parker, you missed a piece of Wednesday! News. <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> Uh Parker. Time. They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 
Parker, uh, you missed a piece of news that I I could I took very seriously and really bugged me. Um, Damn it! The Disney disc thing. Yeah, that. sure do love just buying out all your competition. Going, yeah, we're not really making physical media anymore. So here's why the thing. would I want 4K versions of Aliens? Fuck me, right? So there's like two really bad things about this. One is the obvious, which I'll get to in a little bit. But the the secondary thing a lot of people aren't talking about is the Fox thing. Like they bought out Fox, right? So they bought out Fox, and they're preventing those Fox movies, those Fox Studios movies, from being released to physical format. And the only way you're going to be able to watch them is maybe, in the future, they will release the Fox Studios movies to Disney+. Plus. If you're, if you're all really good and subscribe to our service, like we demand, then they'll do that. But what really gets me is I'm a physical media guy, I've been that way for a long time. And the idea here is, I own it. I've got a Blu-ray of Mulan on my bookshelf, right over there and it's mine. Disney can't break it to my house and take it away from me and say, you didn't pay your due, so you can't have it anymore. You can't watch this anymore. Yet. I will fight them at my door. Uh, it's What gets me about this is that they're trying to control, and they're trying to take way too much control, and it just goes to show that this company does not love you like you think it does. All you people who go to Walt Disney World every year are braving COVID to go to it right now. This company doesn't even like you. This company, in all probability, hates you. They hate you because you only saw Rise of Skywalker one time. They hate you because you didn't buy any of the toys for it. They hate you because you didn't buy the Disney cereal that just came out. They hate you because you only have one subscription at Disney Plus instead of the family subscription, where each one of your little kids has his own subscription that you have to pay $8.99 a month for. Don't trust Disney. Don't go watch Mulan. Don't pay the 30 bucks on top of the $8.99 a month. Don't even torrent it. Don't watch it. If you keep giving them this power, then they're just going to do whatever they want with it. It's 2020, and the only way I can get True Lies is a fucking letterbox DVD. What are we doing? I deserve better, personally. <laughs> this is not fair. James Cameron, like, every movie he makes makes $4 billion. We can't get a fucking Region 1 Blu-ray. <laughs> fine everything's fine yeah all right uh first of all do we know what happened to the doc well (laughs) glad you mentioned it so here's the thing the doc is now on youtube yes uh the doc came back with a test stream that was up for 24 hours and got over 1 million unique views myself included (laughs) there we go had over 300,000 concurrently like 15 minutes after it went up which is fucking insane Yeah, that's really good yeah so uh the doc has addressed the uh, the allegations. Uh, the doc has come out and said everything he knows about why he was banned from Twitch, which is literally nothing. <laughs> do you believe him? Even the doc great. doesn't know what the doc did. <laughs> so do you think he's telling the truth? or? I mean, until the real doc shows up in one of these Wayfair orders that I'm putting in weekly. <laughs> why would the doc lie to us? I, I just want to know who got to him. Like, yeah, he was. You don't just come back like this and pretend nothing happened. Like, I mean, maybe he can like start up his own streaming service and he'll get ninja. Anyway, do we have any jerks of the week? I'm gonna go last. <laughs> oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> we you know always what? have jerks oh, of the week. Buddy. Let's hear them. <laughs> Alex, you first. All right, all right. So, uh, we'll put yourself in a mindset here. It's the middle of the night. You're scrolling through the internet. Maybe uh, maybe a little less than sober. Just like looking for something to do, looking for something to read. You stumble across something that a very online person has told you about. <laughs> Titled, 
the CIA connections. <laughs> or, the, sorry, the connections between the CIA and Jared Leto. And you go, well. All right. <laughs> you open it up. It's a fucking web archive to a blog post that got taken yes. down. Because, yes. of course, it did. And you're just rubbing your hands together. Oh, you're like, man. This is this is exactly the content my stupid weed-addled brain wants right now. <laughs> and you're reading along, it's like, okay, you know, like, all of these, you know, Hollywood people with all these connections to naval intelligence, and like, you know, they were, like, his, Jared Leto's dad was in the Air Force, and this and that, and he bought this old, like, Air Force, like, secret fucking filmmaking place that I can't remember the name of because I'm blanking like an idiot even though I wrote it down and it's in the other room and like you're just like you're rubbing your hands together you're like oh fuck yeah this is going somewhere get about to see all these connections about to see how uh how Jared Leto has been forced on us by the government like I'm I'm there for it I'm so there for it and you know you get to the part where it's like building action building action and then like the article's supposed to give you the payoff right mm-hmm. and so the payoff of this article was just like 20,000 words about how much 30 seconds to Mars sucks. <laughs> so apparently the reason that Jared Leto is a uh, is a CIA plant is because he has a really shitty band that's been around for a long time and made a bunch of expensive music videos. <laughs> so my jerk of the week is the CIA. <laughs> Thanks for fucking nothing. <laughs> Good thing he didn't take my jerk of the week, which is Jared Leto. <laughs> I spent... I spent... 30 minutes reading this fucking thing. I was so jazzed up. I'm like, alright, so when does the bad pitchfork review part stop? And then it just didn't. <laughs> it just fucking ends. Oh, fantastic. Like, alright. Alright, I guess we got him, guys. <laughs> the only explanation for Jared Leto being foisted on us is a government mind control operation centered on 30 seconds to Mars. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Pro is... It runs real deep. <laughs> I just, I just hope Q knows about this. That's all. Oh, fuck, don't, don't say that out loud. Yeah, he's our biggest fan. <laughs> Between Q and the doc, we're really gonna start rising up in the Google SEO trends. <laughs> Friends, yes. let me tell you about how great my weekend was. All right. Because last weekend here in the my home state of Texas was tax free weekend. Which means on anything under $100, you didn't have to pay sales tax. Which meant, in the middle of COVID, just people crammed in there like sardines to buy school supplies. You can finally get that 50-cent notebook and that box of pencils with absolutely no sales tax. The busiest I've seen this fucking place since, like, December. I feel my body breaking down. I'm so tired. I turn the corner. I see a woman standing there wearing a shirt that says resist in the Harry Potter font. Oh my god. Oh my god. And that is why my jerk of the week is also Jared Leto. <laughs> Parker, if I had known that, I would not have sent you that Avada Kedevra picture. Yeah, fuck yourself. I'm sorry. Like, I was having one of the worst days I've had all year. In a year that has been, like, eight months of consecutive bad days. And I just saw that. It felt like God was laughing at me. <laughs> the eye on resist was dotted with a golden snitch, you guys. <laughs> it had the little footprints from the map. It really felt like karma was out the game. Where, where, where did she get that shirt? I need one. I, I need one. If, if I open my fucking mailbox and see a package from you and I see that shirt, I'm never coming on this podcast again. No, you got to get a letter. But what Hogwarts. if it's for me? 
right, that's yeah, what I yeah, okay. Uh, All right, just making sure. Okay, so my jerk of the week also ties in with a recently watched. My jerk of the week is a Parker Clare. You may have heard of him for not telling me about a movie that he's never watched. It's called Student <laughs> Bodies. My bad. <laughs> and Parker, you've—I told you about Student Bodies a, a little bit. Um, I think this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life, and. Alex, I'm a little apprehensive about recommending it to you because you've been pretty very clear about how you feel about horror comedies. Um, and this one kind of defines on the nose for its parodies. Uh, it's kind of... In the, oh, boy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, especially with horror movies, it came out in 81, so it's like it's a parody of slasher movies, so it'd be... Oh, boy. So, so it's Halloween and uh, Friday the 13th and... That's it. So it, you'd think that's not like a very deep well to plumb, but honestly, they do a pretty good job. They because you can't just do like jokes like "Oh, she left the window unlocked." Look, we we're pointing an arrow at it to show you that it's unlocked, making fun of the cinematography in those movies. You have to have other jokes, and the good news is they do other jokes, and I really like that. One of my favorite jokes, and it's great for this podcast. She goes to a therapist, and the therapist says, "I'm going to ask you a very difficult question." What are your feelings on sex? And she responds, What? Did I pronounce it correctly? Which is uh, one that's going to stick with me for a while. I'm definitely going to use that in the future. I love how you front load with this. Dude, this is great, Parker. You should see it. Alex, you're going to fucking hate it. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Is like, this feels very backhanded, but I guess I'll... No, 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 no. That, that wasn't backhanded. Uh, Alex has a particular taste. He doesn't like most horror comedies. There, there are some exceptions. He's noted them in the past, but... Uh, this one, I, I'm not sure that he would hate it. I, there, there might be moments that he would uh, go for. There might be moments where he's just like, it's just not for him. Parker, I think you'd like this a lot. I think because it's, on the one hand, I think like the fact that it's on the nose is kind of part of the joke. Um, Alex, if I could quote you out of context really quickly, horror fans are fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I saw the letterbox so review. I didn't mean to. <laughs> But, uh, That's a very generous two stars. Yeah. But uh, I haven't seen it yet, so please, if you get uh, I, I was going to watch it this weekend, but stuff came up. Um, anyway, I, I do like it a lot. I'm actually going to probably rewatch this one. I thought it was pretty funny. Parker, I, I texted you a couple of the jokes and some of the moments tonight. I think it's worth your time. It, I, that wasn't meant to be an insult to you in particular. I think it, there's a lot of love in there. Uh, I think a lot of horror fans would appreciate it. Be like, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're into this. feel so fucking stupid when I clap like a seal at it for 90 minutes. There are, there are a couple of jokes that are like, <laughs> if you don't like it and you're just like, well, that was really stupid and we're not all like that, then okay, I understand. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm the jerk. I can we understand. are all like that. <laughs> That's they the really are all like that. Okay. That's... Uh... <laughs> you want to know why I don't like horror comedies? It's because they're for horror fans. There's that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, I also it's winking at me. It knows that I know the tropes. So one that I watched, uh, Parker, I think I told you about, is the 1973 version of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Which I didn't know existed. Yeah, well, I had heard about it, and uh, Alex, a lot of the time you ask, why did you watch this? And I, that is a fair <laughs> question, and here's the way it works. I had heard about uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Um, I definitely knew about the Guillermo del Toro one, and I was just like, 
man, what, what about that? I, I think I clicked on it or something. There's like an original version and, you know, you go down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia or whatever. And I was just like, I wonder where I can find that. I looked for it and I couldn't find it anywhere. It took me forever to find this damn thing. And so since it took me so long to find it, it's just like, you better believe I'm going to watch it. Fuck you. So I put it on. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of boring, like most 70s movies. It was a made-for-TV movie, so they can't show a whole lot. Oh, man, I just powered down. Right, 100%. yeah. <laughs> uh, the basic story... Hey, you know, like all that cool stuff you get in 70s movies? What if all that was cut out because it had to be on NBC, so it was just three hours with no blood? Now, there is <laughs> there is one thing that's good about it, is there is a very subtle theme. Uh, the theme here is that women are often not listened to about uh, terror, like like a stalker or something, or women's fears about like abusive men or something like that. This woman goes into a house, and she is being haunted by something. She keeps telling her husband, who, Parker, I have to talk about this husband, he feels the same way about her that Chris McDonald feels about Elijah Wood in uh, The Faculty. Just <laughs> no sex, no dress, no lights on when you're sleeping. Just taking all of her knickknacks away. And he gets, he's not abusive. He's not like hitting her or anything. If he had done that, it's like an immediate one star. He's just kind of like yelling in general, ah, there's no goblins in this house. Turns out there are goblins in the house. And when you make your movie about goblins in your house, it kind of cuts down on the whole, yeah, you should believe women when they say that there are scary things out there. <laughs> so uh, I would... Kamala Harris <laughs> quite dares you to believe women about goblins in the house. <laughs> yeah, I... Don't recommend Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Ladies, if you're listening, I'm so sorry for not believing you when you told me that witches cursed the moon. <laughs> yes, the moon, the planet. <laughs> to any female listeners, I will protect you from the cat that sits on your chest while you sleep and steals your soul. I believe you. You are valid and strong. <laughs> so, uh, I finally finished Star Trek, and uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And then I watched Cosmos, that show with uh, Carl Sagan. That was really good, too. I was still on a space kick. How about I watch the first Star Trek movie? Oh my god. It is... Hey, did you get a good, did you get a good nap in? I got... <laughs> you think I'm kidding when I say this. I'm not joking. I got three naps in the space of... In the space of less than ten hours trying to make it through this movie. It is so boring. It is so slow. It's called Star Trek The Motion Picture. It really should have been called Star Trek The Slow Motion Picture. Boom. Count it and one. That's what I'm so, talking about. Here's the thing. Dab on him. There is a lot <laughs> to like about it. It's got a pretty interesting story. The performances are really good. It looks incredible for 1979. I would argue this looks a lot better than the first Star Wars movie. And uh, the direction's pretty good. The script is pretty good. There is just one major thing missing. This is not a Star Trek movie. You have virtually no characterization, and that really hurts it. Star Trek is about the characters. It's the way that they interact. It's about solving complex problems in the in the course of uh, science fiction, which is what I like about science fiction. It's why I like that stuff more than I like in Star Wars, because Star Wars is just good versus evil. But uh, it's just so slow. One of the most infamous moments is like... Like, you're watching the original show, right? It's 1966, you got your little bowl of popcorn, you're watching Star Trek, you're like, wow, the Starship Enterprise, that's so cool. And then you see it in this movie, that scene is like 20 minutes long. 
to just like look how big it is and just like yeah i get it it's it's just there and it keeps on going it's really embarrassing it's actually i was actually laughing really hard at just how bad it was it was just so slow so parker it's in your future god <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get him back, buddy. Uh oh. <laughs> Whenever you're ready for another bet on a movie, just let me no. know. I've been very diligent in my note taking. I'm very, I'm very scared about the, you know what I've watched and haven't. Oh Jesus! Got a couple doozies just waiting for kickoff. To come <laughs> oh, we gotta get ready for the game of games. Jeez. So uh, uh, my good friend Michelle came over and uh, we watched two movies three if you include stay alive i don't uh the first one is a movie that i've seen and hated and a movie that she saw and loved it's the same movie it's called princess monkey nucleosis and uh it's by studio giblets and i'll admit not just because she's in the next room over that it was a lot better this time around than the first time I saw it. I'll admit that. I can admit, yes, the animation's very nice. And one of the things I really picked up on that I loved about it is the backgrounds are just gorgeous. They're not quite as good as in Weathering With You, but I don't know if I've ever seen backgrounds that beautiful in a movie as in Weathering With You. But uh, it's got a good story, and I, I like the fact that there's a little bit of complexity. Is that even the antagonists, or villains if you want to call them that they're mostly good people they do good things it's just that they also do one really bad thing and there are very serious consequences for it uh one one story about it i read that was very interesting is um uh, apparently when they were releasing studio ghibli movies in the united states they sent them over to i guess miramax was a company that was releasing them which was headed by i think i have this correct here uh weinstein Oh, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> major contributor. And he really wanted to cut down, I think it was Nausea in the Valley of the Wind, and uh, really pissed off Hayao Miyazaki. And so for this movie, he sent a samurai sword with a note that said, no cuts, which is a good Japanese way of saying, I mean business. And I can see why they wanted to cut this movie down. There's so much gore. <laughs> for a kid's movie, there's a lot of beheadings and people's arms getting chopped off and everything. And I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> so Parker's just like, ooh, maybe I should rewatch this. It's still got this animation style that I don't like very much. And there's this one hideous, I think it's the, they call it the deer god or something. It's got the face of a baboon. Not a fan. Uh, don't want to see that. I'm going to be seeing it in my nightmares, man. But uh, I can appreciate it, and if I can appreciate it, I think it's a lot better than just outright despising it like I used to. And then Michelle said she had never seen my second favorite movie of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. Skip. You know I had to put that on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I told her it's based on a true story, uh, The Life and Times of Christopher Field. Uh, there's so much to love about that movie. I, I felt bad that I had to shush her a couple times because you can't talk over any line in that movie because they're all solid gold. Um, the one line that she did mention is, uh, it was like, it shows a picture of Miao Yun and, uh, she's like, she's not Chinese. <laughs> and I was like, no. there's a thing that they're trying to do here, so. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh boy, I love that movie, and I'm glad that I enriched her life in some capacity. And in return, she showed me Princess Monkey Nucleosis. So, uh, Alex, oh, fair trade. Go. She showed you a movie that she really loves. You're like, 
Oh, thanks for nothing. <laughs> We've been going back. Wasting time. We've been going back and forth the whole night just doing that to each other. It's like I'm glad we could watch this movie together and also big trouble in Little China. <laughs> you just hear the sound of a glass drop. <laughs> the fuck? She's gonna. You're gonna hear a knock on the door. Actually, so uh, Alex, uh, go ahead while I text her back and say no, no, I really did enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just <Right>. joking. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect time to use the upside down smiley face. I got you, buddy. <laughs> All right. So uh, as as uh, as Chris alluded to, I uh, <laughs> I watched a movie this week that made me just remember all that is wrong with horror fans and the movies that they claim are good. A little movie called Sleepaway Camp. Oh yeah, it fucking no. sucks. Doesn't it? <laughs> now this is a movie that I had never seen. Oh, that boy. like I was aware there was a twist, but I didn't know what the twist was. And, like, I'm gonna be real, you can't call that a twist. That's not a twist. Oh. It's, it's, it's a, not a fucking twist. It's just a, hey, fuck you, this is what happened, bye. What a fucking dog shit movie. It's like, why so Why terrible. do people like horror movies like this? <laughs> like, I'm dead inside, man. I mean, like, we literally watched Stay Alive, which is a bad horror movie, and we're gonna talk about how much we love it. So, like, I'm aware that I, I don't really have a leg to stand on here. But no, like, no, you do. This has... This has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Like the best thing about this movie is like oh, I remember what camp was like, and like I got to I got to sit there and watch this with my girlfriend and like answer questions about going to Boy Scout camp when I was twelve, oh. and that was fun. But no part of watching this movie was fun. No. There was nothing enjoyable about That's this. That's what I'm you saying. Like the part where they all get off the bus and a guy just talks about how he wants to fuck all those kids. Yeah, what a great movie. We'll talk about kids getting fucked hey, and what still if, alive. Hey, what if, uh, what if, you know, every time there's a kill, we go into first person, and the person reacts to the person that's doing the kill. It's like, oh my god, it's you, and then they die, and it's like, that's not a... Stupid. Enough about like, House of the Dead. But, like, Alex, seriously, I, I I, totally know what you mean when you say, why do horror fans like this thing? And there's this entire series called Friday the 13th. There are no redeeming values about Friday the 13th besides Jason X. So I don't know why people like that either. I think it's... Maybe people appreciate that it's bad. It's like it's, 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 like it's our thing, you know? Parker, maybe you can explain it better. You're part of the community. I don't want to tell you how you think. But. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with these people. Friday the 13th is ungodly boring. So sleepaway camp, apparently. I'm going to try to watch That's it correct. this week. <laughs> Honestly, like... This is this is the comparison that is going to probably step on some toes in this podcast, but, like, it's got the same fucking energy as Rocky Horror to me. Like, well, <laughs> I just don't fucking get why anyone Sorry to would Mrs. elevate Claire. this or... Th- or think about this for like even half a fucking second. Like that's it's... actually a little surprising to me because Rocky Horror is very colorful. It's got songs and ever. Parker, why do you like it? it... Wait, it's... what? <laughs> Hang on a second. Wait, Parker, I actually thought you liked Rocky Horror. Was I wrong? I like two songs because they. My mom used to watch it all the yeah. time. And they got stuck in my head as a kid. I think I finished that movie once. I finished that Please. movie once too, and I was just like, oh jeez, I don't know why my Ooh, sister after likes sweet that. Sweet transvestite, you could just fucking clock out. Yeah, You're pretty fine. much. Like, I mean, it's cool. It's cool when people like things, especially things that are, like, bad or niche or whatever. But, like, why this? I just, I can't wrap my head around it. I think we've been over this it. literally any horror movie that came out in the 80s. After enough time, we'll have a, you know, guys, I think it's time we reassess it. So I actually have some good, no, you just grew up and rented it, and it scared you as a kid. Let's and now watch you it's Extra. It's, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> That is... That's my future, isn't that it? That is a similar movie. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but like Alex, I I think I understand the same sort of thing. But it isn't it. It does sort of feel like a ripoff of Friday the Thirteenth because it takes place at a camp, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't have strong enough feelings about Friday the Thirteenth to say one way or the other. Like. Yeah, they both take place at camp, and there's a bad guy. I, I do like, find it kind of man. odd, that because the only thing that I thought would be a defense of this movie is the fact that there is a twist. That's all I ever hear about it. There is a <laughs> twist. And it's, Alex, you've been quite adamant an that ending. it doesn't count as one. It's just an explanation. It's not even an explanation. It's just like, oh, you thought this thing was going on? Actually, this other thing that's not alluded to at all is going on. Huh. Like, It's like... like I'm sure there's, like, people that have watched this movie and think it's, like, oh, what an awesome bait-and-switch. Like, I thought it was this one thing, but then it was this other thing. But, like, mm. for that to happen, there has to be, like, the the moment where you're, like, oh, I get it. They were trying to show us this because the character did this thing, and then they did that We'll thing. get to that and, and like, stay no. alive. Yeah, the big reveal that uh, the main character wasn't actually a monster, but they were in a government facility in the middle oh, of the world yeah. really left me puzzled. <laughs> <laughs> That might be an episode one day. <laughs> so, uh, two stars, right. man. Pretty good. I uh, Mercy star? Stars. <laughs> uh, it's, it was short. There, there, it was bad counsel for a lot. Stay alive. And it was, it was, it was funny when afterwards <laughs> we saw Next Up, Sleepaway Camp 2. I saw there was a Sleepaway <laughs> oh, Camp 4. I was just like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Even I have not seen Sleepaway Camp 2. Write that down. Look at me. Okay. Don't, yeah. you don't have to do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, doing as, as I am apropos to do, scrolling through Prime, like really getting down into the bottom of like the categories and stuff, like the place that I never end up going because I see something interesting before I get there all the time, stumble across the anime category. And the first couple entries, you know, the things that they think I like, are just anime movies from the 80s. So yes. I click on one yes. called Demon City Shinjuku. I like all of I, those words. <laughs> which I had never heard of. I'm like, okay, this is like 85 minutes. Yeah. Fuck it, let's just press play. What's the worst that could happen? You want to, you want to see something with like the exact like tsunami energy and aesthetic, like you know a, a fucking thing where like two guys are like fighting and then one of them goes like, ah, you bastard! Like it's that. It's I literally just that. That definitely that seems like something I want to see. It's on Netflix. And so, <laughs> it is on Prime. Ooh, oh. Uh, so here's the thing. It has one of the worst dubs I've ever heard. Yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> but, like, it's fucking incredible. That's all like, I want is a there's shitty like, 80s anime dub. No Mononoke had a really <laughs> bad English dub. <laughs> and, like, not just, not only does it have a bad dub, there is no option for the Japanese audio <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, you're just stuck with, like, this fucking little Japanese kid with a Mexican accent <laughs> for no reason. For the whole Was movie. he voiced by Robin Williams? <laughs> You know, he might as well have been. It's just, like, if you want exactly that fucking energy of, like... If, if you can remember that fucking, like, dickhead that wears the big jacket on Yu Yu Hakusho that talks with the Brooklyn accent... <laughs> that's, like, every character Sailor in this Brooklyn. movie. It's... Fucking owns. <laughs> and, <laughs> even better, I apparently, like, nodded off for, like, three to five minutes in the middle of this... Which was during the only part with fucking anime tits. <laughs> nice <laughs> I going. Fucking yelled at. I got yelled at for the yeah. I can't believe you fucking slept through the fucking shit I had to watch the hentai cards. 
Uh, ladies can... and gentlemen, I have just Googled this, and then the people also search for... I have just learned that there's a Highlander anime movie. Oh, oh we, okay. we need we have... to stop everything. <laughs> I'm willing to watch that and all four of the actual Highlander movies. Yes, me too. 2007? What the fuck? Okay, okay. never mind. All right, we have to... I'm sure Christopher Lambert's back doing voice work yeah. for it. As of course From he the is. director of Ninja Scroll, you guys. Uh-oh. I don't... Maybe you picked the right time to fall asleep. Well, 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 <laughs> Director's well, well. cut. Man, Alex is just so talented at picking the times to fall asleep. You fall asleep during really the possible am. rape scene of the Ninja Scroll director movie and all of Justice League. <laughs> you know, it's a gift, really. What can man, I say? Man, I'm jealous. You got a superpower, man. Yeah. So, uh, it makes me so mad because Justice League isn't even bad enough to assign him. It's just boring. <laughs> yeah, I've, he's already watched it. No, he yeah, did exactly. Yes, I it, did. It, I, it, I have the, I have the ticket counts. stub. You can't prove I didn't. I have plenty of ticket stubs of movies that I was physically present for. Also, Parker, even if we were to try to bully him, it only takes two sort of thing. He wouldn't stay awake for it. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't either. You can't just assign him a two-hour nap. He'll be too happy. <laughs> That's a good point. God, what I wouldn't do. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, your assignment this week is to eat a big buck at a movie theater popcorn. Like, shit, man, you oh, got me. Oh, no, right. anything but that. Damn. All right, so uh, a couple more here. Uh, you guys remember, like, two months ago when I watched all those really garbage Brian De Palma movies? Yeah. Yes. So I decided to watch one of the quote-unquote good ones this week and watch Dress to Kill. Oh, I haven't seen that. So, like, I mean... It's it's a Hitchcock ripoff. Like, it's supposed to be a Hitchcock yeah. ripoff. Brian De Palma does some very, very nice things with the camera. I love that he seems to be the only director of the last 50 years that understands that not using music in a scene is a good thing. I'm uh, I'm not going to talk about the problematic aspects of this movie <laughs> because I don't fucking care. Yeah. Thank but, you. <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought all of that stuff was less offensive than the... Uh, the five black characters who apparently decide to chase down and attempt to rape a white lady because she stood near them. That was well, that was a little much, Brian De Palma. You okay, man? It was a different but, uh, time. Yeah. Um, well, so the the reason that I w- the thing I want to talk about with this movie is like I'm not gonna say I liked it. Like, like there was some cool shots. There was some cool stuff. Like it's cool that somebody decided to do Hitchcock after Hitchcock. But this movie really reminded me of like the reason that I don't watch old movies. Because, like, this movie kind of doesn't have a plot. Really? And I feel that way about so many things from, like, the 70s and very early 80s that aren't just, like, obvious fucking schlock. Like, I walked out of the... I mean, I didn't physically walk out, but, like, I came out of this movie, like, thinking, like... Okay, so I could describe what happens in this movie in, like, two lines. And, like, all of it is just, like, things that are causally related in this world. Which made me wonder, like... What is the plot of The Godfather? Do you want Dude's me to rock. do it? I'm, I, I don't think I have enough time I, I, to describe I, the entire thing. Well, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, you can list off the events that happen in The Godfather, but, like, what is the plot of The Godfather? It's a three-hour movie where it's like, oh, well, we pissed off this other mob, and we it's, whacked their guy, and then I, we I whacked would argue our guy, that, and then we whacked their guy, and then I would it argue ends. that the plot of The Godfather is Michael's ascent if you want to call ascent or descent from being the normal good clean cut kid who doesn't want to get involved into the business into being the godfather he gets subsumed into the lifestyle right right and like i would consider that the plot minutes of the three-hour movie if you if you think that's not a plot okay i'm open to that argument 
I like I think it's an idea, and it's an idea that's much more interestingly explored in Godfather Part Two, which is the reason I think that people like Godfather Part Two a lot more. But like ultimately, I look at the Godfather and go like, this is like uh, we have a mood, we have a location, and people are just gonna do stuff in it. And I feel that way about so many fucking seventies movies. And like I'm aware that Dress to Kill came out in 1980, but like that's kind of the thing with Dress to Kill. Like, we have this character who is, like, ostensibly our main character for, like, 15 minutes of the movie, and she just wanders around and does stuff, and then she dies. And then we follow this other character, and they just wander around and do stuff, and it's like, oh, man, I sure hope we solve this mystery that, like, is barely alluded to at all. And, oh, no, what's this grimy cop up to? It's just, like, I'm aware that it's, like, a dumb brain thing to say this movie has no plot. But, like, this movie kind of has no plot. Alex, tell you what. I'm going to dispense with my defense of the original Godfather, which I, I like a lot, and I probably do have a couple defenses of it. I don't it. even it's, dislike The Godfather. It, I, the Godfather's one of the best examples of this kind of movie. That's the no, problem. No, I mean, I'd be defending it and saying that it's more than just, you know, things are happening. I, again, I don't want to get into a whole defense. I'll, in the effort of getting closer to stay alive, I'll just quote something that Parker said a lot. Nothing good ever came out of the 70s. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Every time and like, I'm like, oh, this is like a classic movie. I'm like, I, we, why is this movie an hour 45? And it could yeah. be 74. We can be out of here. Like, every time you talk about, like, some cool-sounding movie from, like, 1973, I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to fucking bother. I kind of feel the same way about Close Encounters. Oh, like, Close, Close Encounters, Encounters is a movie where people... Like it at all. I can't yeah, but that, it's, it's a movie where people stand around looking at the sky saying, oh my god, and that's the whole fucking movie. Like, what is the plot of that movie? Oh, a, like, oh, this guy thinks he sees aliens. And, <laughs> Here's my summer of every good movie from the 70s. You know, the city of New York's like its own character, you know? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's, I, like, like, I'm aware if we have any fans of old film that listen to this podcast that they or probably host. think I'm a fucking DDIQ moron <laughs> right now. But, like, I don't fucking care, man. I want a reason to watch the I want to be able to, like... If you ask me what happened in a movie, I want to spend at least several sentences telling I mean, look, I mean, it's okay to like things, and similarly, it is okay to dislike things. You have your taste. It's, I respect that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's just a reminder that, like, every time I see one of these movies that, like, I'm like, oh, man, this is probably going to be really sick. Like, it's going to be, like, this, like, you know, this seductive thriller and all this shit's going to go down. It's like, oh, no, they're just going to talk in stupid accents and not get any closer to resolving the plot until the plot magically resolves itself in the last ten minutes. Like, all right, cool, 70s. Thanks, guys. Anyway. Let's go wander around a museum some more. Ladies and gentlemen, our next episode, <laughs> Look, Night at the Museum. For all of its faults. <laughs> I can tell you the plot of Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> yeah, you sure can. What a shame. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah, great. Yeah, I shouldn't be proud my, of that. Not for my health. I'm doing great. <laughs> Alright, two more here, because I also want to get to stay alive. This one will be quick. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you're blessed to not have to watch any episodes of Love Island for a week, but the thing that you get in their place is real rough. So I was forced, basically at gunpoint, to watch a Netflix original comedy called The nope. Lovebirds. Oh, that sounds really good. Tell me about it. I've skipped past that one numerous times. Chris, buddy, I now understand how you feel when you watch a Steve Martin movie. Oh, oh. I just stood up and... Oh, oh. I... Pacing around the room here. Give me I, some. Oh. It is rapid-fire jokes. Like, the entire joke of every scene is that you have these two witty people that talk really fast at each other, and it's like... They'll just, like, get into, like, non-sequitur arguments like while you know someone's holding a gun up to them and they'll just like start arguing about this dumb other thing and it's supposed to be like haha look at this zany couple they just fight all the time isn't that hilarious 
and it's not hilarious actually it's not funny at all like i i i mean like it's there are lines they're delivered with comedic timing by comedians but they're just not funny but they're not funny (laughs) they're just not funny like i'm sorry to all of the people that i'm sure worked very hard on this movie and thought they had really good jokes but you don't I mean, my, my girlfriend laughed at it a lot, and she's like, it was dumb. I just turned off my brain and had fun. I'm like, sorry, I can't yeah, do that. Yeah, me neither. I'm, really just, I'm not I can't capable. do that. Let me find some more 80s. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain has to constantly be on for Stay Alive. <laughs> she has, since, since we watched it, like, two days ago, she has exclusively referred to it as that normie movie. So, you know. <laughs> if she needs, like, a witness for her being a good American, I got her. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's she's doing she's doing the best she can. <laughs> doing great. And last but not least, sometimes a movie catches your attention. Now I'm going to describe this movie, and then I'm going to tell you the name of it. So this is a movie that came out this year. The premise is this. So there's a bunch of, uh, a bunch of guys... It, it, the year is 1945. There's a bunch of guys in a lifeboat because their hospital ship got torpedoed. They're sailing along, they come across a derelict Nazi vessel. And they're like, okay, well, we gotta get on here. You know, like, we're gonna die if we stay on this boat. So they climb up. One of them does not make it. He gets chewed the fuck up by the propeller at, like, minute three, which, you know, already treading good territory. They get up on the boat. There's a bunch of people that have been killed in, like, horrifying ways. They find a little girl who only speaks Romanian. She takes them down to the bottom of the ship, where there is a vampire. Now, I'm burying the lead, because the title of this movie is Blood Vessel, (laughs) which is 1,000% the reason that I decided to watch it. Because I am, like, not normally, like, a Nazi... We call them Nazi exploitation movies, because I don't feel like we're exploiting the Nazis, but, like, that's what what they're called. No, crowdsploitation. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure, that works. Um, Normally not my genre, because they're all, like, kind of hackneyed and shitty. This one's actually kind of good, dude. That like, cover, oh, it's holy, <laughs> dude. Like, like, I'm gonna watch Blood. <laughs> you, I think you'll like it. Like the the third act when things start to get going is what is the only time in the movie that you can really see that it's low budget, and it's not like low budget because like the effects are bad. It's like low budget because they don't show you that right. much. Which fine, I mean, do what you're working with. But it's a movie where there's vampires on a Nazi boat, like, and it's got that title. I'm not gonna not watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Parker, you could do worse. It's like a <laughs> yeah. solid three and a half star movie. That, like it's pretty, it's pretty solid. That is a powerful cover. It's a Isn't hell of a title. It's, I would have like, absolutely with that title and cover. There's no way I'm not hitting play on that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I saw it came out like fairly recently, a couple weeks ago, and like I saw the title, I clicked on it. I'm like I'm making a mental note, not gonna miss out on this one, and it was worth my 90 minutes. I'm not upset. I'm so excited. <laughs> Parker, you will have a good time with it. But yeah, that fucking title. Like, you, you've you've earned my rental right there. 100%. I love how many movies are just like, you specifically will have fun with this. Everyone else can stop listening. Honestly, like, I think for a movie of, like, this genre and this budget, this is pretty palatable. Like, I'm not sure I'd put it on at, like, a party, but, like, you could do a lot worse. Like, good it's news. A, it's a competent movie. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Parker, let's hand this off to you. What'd you watch this week? Okay, well, I think this movie's been mentioned before, but it's a film from 2007, a nice Australian movie called Rogue, in which all these tourists go on this little boat tour, and they find an SOS call, 
and they go over there to find out what happened. Turns out it's a 25 foot croc out there. <laughs> and it just starts eating people one by one. That's my review of the movie. A 25 foot croc eats Sam Worthington. Do you think it could beat up Big five Bill? Stars. <laughs> How dare you, first of all. Yeah, but, but Parker, did they call Croc Hawkins to stop it? Look, we don't do spoilers on the podcast. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you spoil the ending, no one's going to see it. I think about the name Croc Hawkins once a week. I never even watched that movie. It just, right? It lives rent-free in my right. brain. It's so powerful. It's so cool. It's got the same energy as Cuck Buckley. <laughs> That's a Discord name right there. <laughs> Correct. It has been mine on several servers. Sammy. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. Did our good friend uh, Repick mention anything to you about the rental? After we talked, he about did. It. Yeah. Oh my God! Did he give you that sweet, sweet, juicy lore? I don't think so. So lay it on us. Oh my God! I told him I would credit him. Our good friend Richard E. Pickley told me, <laughs> "Hey, uh, do you know the old guy in the rental?" I'm like, "Yeah, the one." Oh, like, this lore. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> Let me just share it with the audience. Like, do you know who that guy is? I'm like, "No, it's some old guy." And he sent me his IMDb top build credit. The voice of one Cotton Hill and also Khan on King of the Hill. Oh, shit. <laughs> so what I'm saying is everyone should watch The Rental. Correct. It's so good. But yeah, that... I was having a bad day that day and that really turned it all around. <laughs> Let's see here. Sorry, I got scrolled on because my phone died. I have no idea where the fuck my charger is. There we go. So I rewatched Misery. Boy, that movie just... uh feels more prescient than ever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it was just fun watching it, because uh, my lady friend here had never seen it before, and watched it with her, I was like, he had so fucked up what she's doing, right? Hey, what'd you think of the last season of Game of Thrones? And she just stared at me like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> A line that really, truly spoke to me is she, <laughs> one Kathy Bates, is just ranting and raving. About how, when she was a kid, she went to see a movie, and there was a movie serial playing beforehand. And she'd seen all of the installments. And then in this installment in the serial, there was a cliffhanger in this one. And he's like, oh, he got out of it, and they're over here now. And she stood up in the theater and started yelling at everyone there, trying to get riled up about not following the continuity. And I've never felt more seen in the movie <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> this crazy old bitch just screaming about some fucking Flash Gordon movie not following its own continuity. So big shout out to her. Uh, big shout out to my girlfriend having no idea that the hobbling scene oh, was Oh, man. That was a... Just, we were eating. I thought about, like, hey, maybe I should tell her to put that down, but... Ooh. I didn't. <laughs> that is one of the best, like, movie scares I've ever seen. I should rewatch Misery. You absolutely should. That was one of the very last good Rob Reiner movies. Then he made North, and now he went insane on Twitter. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. Who amongst us hasn't gone insane on Twitter, though? See, I'm just going to burn through these because I really want to talk about Stay Alive. Like, very badly. Oh, God damn it. Speaking of Stephen King, I watched Firestarter because that's still one of the early 80s ones before they just adapted literally everything he'd ever written. Wow, I didn't know that. Little little bitty Drew Barrymore is the main wow. character. So here's the thing. A lot of it really sucks, but then you get to the end, and the entire climax is like a solid 15, 20 minutes of her just using her mind to throw fireballs at people, and people exploding, people in just fire suits running around screaming on fire, helicopters exploding, 
cars exploding. It's just nonstop pyrotechnics. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I go to the director's page. It's the guy who directed Commando. I'm like, oh, there you go. (laughs) I feel it now. It has very heavy Commando energy. Also, I'll repeat what I said last week. Uh, Most child actors are fucking terrible. Drew Barrymore was not an exception. Yeah, not a surprise. (laughs) Not good. The movie is very boring for a lot of it. And then it's nonstop explosions. And like, to show her power at the end, it's literally just like a giant prosthetic fireball just being flung across the screen at people. And then just real people in suits just getting lit the fuck up head to toe and running around screaming and it happens over and over and over to all these henchmen so that bumped it up to like a solid two and a half three there stars there you go it's a big shout out to them Chris I remember I think it was last year he watched a film called Humanoids from the Deep oh you, re- you remember I watched that at work right <sighs> buddy <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was uh, more difficult to block off all of the rapes or all of the dead dogs Cause Jesus I don't remember Christ. the dead dogs in this one there was a fucking dog holocaust in the first 15 minutes of that well movie. as you can tell I blocked off most of this like a lot of it's super gross but then you get to the end when it's just a like, fucking full on shit show yeah. of these monsters attacking like these are some really good effects. These are some good looking monsters. This is where I kind of lost my appreciation for Roger Corman movies. But then I gained it back why, for Chopping Mall. Why are all the monsters so wet <laughs> and so horny, Chris? <laughs> They're so moist the entire well, movie. Well, it's scary. What's the problem with it? It's not even scary. Maybe you guys are right. Maybe horror fans are yeah. bad people. <laughs> I didn't say they're bad people. I said they're stupid. Uh, you can say they're you, you can say they're bad people. I'll just agree with you. I can say both. So, do you ever watch a movie and just like try and put yourself in like the headspace of like one of the background characters who's just watching everything unfold? Yeah. I found myself just imagining myself, you know, working some shitty retail store. It's like just a boring ass like Sunday afternoon. No one's in there. It's dead quiet. Really nice. You're just daydreaming. And then all of a sudden, Butterbean just walks in and beats the shit out of the guy from The Ringer. <laughs> so I hadn't seen Jackass 1 or 2 in many, many years. Really? I forgot how fucking good I assumed it was like a yearly yeah. watch for you. I saw Jackass 3 pretty recently. 1 and 2, it's been a while. Man, I, I almost like appreciate like the actual craft work that goes into it as much as the gags themselves. Honestly, there is something kind of magical about these. Because, like, when you're fucking 15, 16, you don't know how it's made. You just think it's funny that Steve-O jumps on a trampoline and then lands in his fucking ceiling fan. That's so fucking funny. That's one of the best scenes. But, like, as an adult, you're like, this whole movie just ended with a fucking Buster Keaton and gag. Like, I, what, what's yeah, happening? But here's the thing. That guy throwing, like, the confetti and everything. Oh, thank you for coming to our movie. Or whatever he says. That's really funny. It actually is perfect with all of their stunts. <laughs> I think Jackass 2 is better than the first one, because even, like, as I was younger, I don't like as much when they just, like, pick on random Me people. Me too, I'm the same way. Because, especially, like, when they're in Japan and just knocking everyone's shit over, it's like, man, some poor person making, like, $8 an hour has to restack all right, of those Nikes. Yeah. I feel so bad. Uh, I do love the payoff of them getting Bam's mom to say fuck <laughs> and how proud they are. <laughs> I mean, my dream here is still to take all of my favorite scenes from all the Jackass movies and take them apart and just stitch them together into the good Jackass movie. I mean, they're all good, but like this would be the really good one. It's like the best of compilation, I guess. 
There should be like a medical term which is just described as Oh fuck, dude! Am I the danger Aaron of my group? <laughs> Does everyone hate me? Because anytime they do like, a, oh, they're sneaking up people shaving their head, they shave his head like five or six times. He always gets it the worst. He's always gets stuck with the shit no one else wants to do. Why does he keep showing up? They clearly do not like. Is him. two the the one that ends with a terrorist one? Oh my god, two is so good. <laughs> that entire ending sequence, ending with him like almost in tears, like, "Are you an actor?" And the guy just goes. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> like just thinking of the phrase beehive limousine <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> watching them like in the car kicking the windows, screaming in pain, and then watching someone run up and just dump marbles on the ground in front of the door. <laughs> it's such a fucking bugs bunny ass thing. The to meanest do. people. <laughs> Such an unnecessary thing, but I think two is better. Like, cause a lot of the pranks are on each other. I love that. Cause it, in the first one, it's very much like segregated, like the show where you've got you've got Johnny Knoxville and his crew, and then you've got Bam and all of his people from Bumfuck Virginia, and all of Bam stuff is like, Not Pennsylvania. Hey, let's do some skateboarding. Let's fuck with my parents. And then in the second one, they're all doing shit together, and Bam is terrified of almost every single thing that Johnny Knoxville makes him. It's do. really cool how Bam is <laughs> like, the <laughs> biggest pussy of the group. Anytime there's an animal, he looks like he would rather be anywhere else on the planet. It doesn't even have to be a snake. Like the bull. Which I forgot, too, is the one where he cries. That bull, once Ryan Dunn gets lit the fuck up, he just bails on it and runs and jumps over. I, I still maintain over. that the gnarliest of that group is Johnny Knoxville. That dude is a fucking monster. Like, everyone says, oh, Steve-O could take anything. Yeah, maybe when he was on drugs. Now, the real yeah, alpha of the group is Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, he was high out of his mind. He felt nothing for, like, eight years. Why does Bam's accent get so much thicker between two movies? Is that just like it an old person insane. thing? You ever think about that? Like maybe it's an old person. Like you think about like you you meet uh, an old person. They got like a really strong Southern accent. And you know, like you see a picture of them as a kid and they look completely normal. You're like, there's no way they're just talking around like this the entire time. But movie two is delivering her fucking line like this. Like what happened? <laughs> maybe has some dip in or something. I forgot. One of my favorite things on the planet, which is the Valentine thing, where they put the giant heart on the door and make people walk up and read it. <laughs> that one was good. And it really, that's what I love about Jackass, is it happens to Bam first. And like at first he's like shocked, and then he's like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. So he's just bringing in more people and forcing them to read it. He can barely get through it because he's laughing so hard because he knows what's coming. They, they put up a little chair for Wee Man to stand on. He gets punched in the face and rush pointing and I'm like, why would there be a chair in the hallway, you fucking idiot? <laughs> he fell for the soup. That's the third one, I think, but still. Yeah, the fucking card throwing guy where they just have the electric stool. <laughs> that one. Anytime they so... prank each other is so much fun. It is. It really is. <laughs> and like, everyone remembers the thing where he drinks horse semen. What I forgot is that they hand it to him. He's like, "Do you want to sniff?" It? He doesn't even sniff it. He just takes it, takes a swig. Like, because he knows if he thinks about it, it's all yeah. over. Takes a swig, fights off the vomit for a second. Does like a little lip strike, goes, Yeah, that's semen, all right, and just walks off disappointed. <laughs> it is incredible playing for the camera. I think, doesn't the guy give it, give it to him? Doesn't he have like a smart ass line, like, I wouldn't do this if I were you? 
<laughs> Even Johnny Knoxville's like, dude, I don't ever throw up, but I almost gagged just smelling it. <laughs> <laughs> dude has so many great payoffs, like the fucking Anaconda ball pit. Where oh, just ends up, oh, I forgot about the other snake. <laughs> <laughs> Why would there be two snakes in the ball pit? Yeah, um, fucking dudes rock the movie. <laughs> dudes rock. Dudes have always rocked. I cannot wait to watch 2.5, 3.5 again. Because, like, they're not incredible, but they have plenty of solid gags. But even they know, like, no, you cut this shit off at 90 minutes. Not 91. At 90, we're fucking rolling credits, or this is going to overstay its welcome, and then we'll just re-release it all You know, later. good news. So good they they just part. wrapped on Jackass 4. Oh, my God. I'm so I mean, sorry. that's... We have to get the theaters open by the time that I, movie comes out. I, I deserve it. We've been through <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so happy I went back. Because I was even thinking, like, just comparing it to, like, just some random shitty YouTube prank show. Like, the first one in Jackass 1 is the demo car roller derby <laughs> thing. Like, if it was just any other prank show, it'd be like, oh, we're going to go rent a car. And then it would just cut to them destruction derby. It takes its time. He gets it. He starts spray painting a three. And my first thought is like, okay, those are balls. He's clearly going to spray paint a penis on the side of the car. But no, it's just a three. And then he takes it to a shop. And you're like, what is he doing at a shop? What are they doing to the inside of it? And then just fucking smash cut to that car just wrecking into four other cars while Slayer's Angel of Death plays. And I'm like, oh, I see. We're dealing with artists. Well, that's the thing is, like, ordinarily I dislike that because you're just messing with people. And it's it's just kind of mean because they weren't in on the joke, you know. But Johnny Knoxville is just so funny about that because he says, oh, sorry, I hit a dog. (laughs) I was hoping you guys would help me pay for some of the damage. That was so funny. <laughs> There's just so much good camera work. Like one of the ones, like I don't even like the old lady makeup stuff. Oh those no, those suck. Usually just skips for me. But yeah. the one where she says a breaks route, and you just have a still shot of a sidewalk, and she just zooms in and goes, "Ah shit!" and just goes zooming out of frame in a second. It's really fucking funny. Dudes rock, man. Those movies are really fucking good. I'm glad I rewatched them because it's been probably since college since I've seen the Just first a two. quick question here. Uh, Parker, how's your bursitis? <laughs> that is <laughs> one of the funniest explanations for anything that I've is, ever heard. I just imagine this that <laughs> and it makes me crack up so hard. Just imagining the sound of <laughs> Sorry I have bursitis is my new go-to excuse for everything. <laughs> <laughs> But Lois like, oh, I mean, we can't really mess with people anymore because you're not going to get a good reaction half the time. Let's just fuck with Bam and Aaron for 90 they minutes. deserve it. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I shit on Bam a lot and he deserves it, but he also is really good at taking a joke. So that, <laughs> that helps, you know? And I love how there's so many just like 10 second clips, like the one where it's like, oh, it's going to launch the grocery cart. And they launch it and then Bam just slams the door so Ryan slams into it. <laughs> And that's the entire stunt. It's over <laughs> on the next one. It's, it's beautiful. I watched like some actual movies and like some really good TV shows, but also let's talk about Stay Alive instead. I can talk about those. Oh nice hell movies. yeah, man! Gives a shit. Okay, Stay Alive, the movie where if you die in the game, you die for real. So the movie begins with a really stupid jump scare of someone's eye and a scream like a Newgrounds Flash game. This will be a recurring theme throughout the movie. It's the fucking jump scares in this movie are incredibly. It's, it's awful. like a visual light motif, Parker. So, 
Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I remember, I was, so I'm like watching this, right? And uh, I'd say I remember, I watched it just a few hours ago. And I'm like, wow, this looks like shit. And Michelle's like, I think they're in a video game. I'm just like, are they just doing that already? Just cold open, they're in a video game? Even the video game looks like shit. <laughs> the, the realization of like, oh fuck, this is what the movie's gonna look like. It's so good. Because I wrote as a joke a shitty PS2 game, but no, at the end, it's a PS2 game. Oh, we're gonna get Correct. to that ending, man. You know, like, I obviously didn't see this when it came out, but you know this already looked outdated the second it hit theaters. It really mm-hmm. did. It not, looks awful. Not a doubt in my 2006, mind. I believe, was the same year that Gears of War came out. Oh my god. Which was directed by <laughs> Cliffy B. We'll get to him later. Yeah. So uh, the guy dies in the game. He falls off a stairway and hangs himself on a chain or something. Something stupid. And he looks like he just came. Like, cut to the guy who was playing the game and he looks like he just jizzed himself. And he calls up his friend, dude, I just played this really sick game. Hey, man, you want to come over? Please, please come over. Come over to my place. Please suck me off. Please come over. The guy says no. And so he uh, he leaves his room, and he's just like, oh, I guess the power's out. He tries, like, the light or something like that. And he walks in on, I guess, his roommates. <laughs> the guy he's wearing, was that a pig mask, or is that the rhino mask from, like, the boys picture? I was unsure if it was Hog Kong or Tongue Pig, but. <laughs> and he's fucking a girl, so I guess this is like a Shining reference or something. Yeah, sure, go with that. <laughs> and he's. I too thought of Kubrick several times. And he says, I found you in the game. I'm like, you found a guy in a pig mask fucking a girl? It's like. You're just playing a Primus music video? <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, then what happens after this is, uh, and Alex, I want to get back to a movie you watched, Blood Vessel. You said a guy gets uh, just buzzsawed by a propeller within uh, minute three. This is the longest, most drawn-out opening kill in an under-90-minute movie that I've ever seen before. Like, it goes on fucking forever. And Parker, I I think you'd agree with this, is like a lot of horror movies, especially horror slasher movies, are under 90 minutes. The opening kill... To, you know, their credit, is a really tough sell. You really gotta nail it. But it's also really important. You have to get this one right. This one takes forever, and it's awful. (laughs) Well, he also studied De Palma. It's like, let's just watch the day in this guy's life. Let's watch him drink a Red Bull and call his brother and pretend that he's not about to cry. Let's watch him find his friend and fuck his girlfriend. Let's take a nap. Let's wake up from said nap. Let's walk around the house for a bit. Let's check on some doors. Maybe look in some mirrors. Really, just really let the ambiance set in. It's like midsummer. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love baiting my good. It's friend different Alex because I would rather I, I would rather watch this again. Yeah, correct. Because you can watch it three times before you finish <laughs> That's right. midsummer. And apparently, this has a better director's cut. So anyway. A, a different movie starts. I hope to never find out. <laughs> a completely different movie starts starring... Who the hell is that guy? I know him! We've seen, we've but all like, seen him before in a different movie or something. Whatever. Here's the thing that really gets me. Uh, the, the protagonist of the movie... No, he's not Jamie Kennedy, Alex. Uh, gets dragged into this office. And... Could have fooled me. Maybe he is Jamie Kennedy. I don't know. Anyway, so he sits down and he's getting chewed out by his boss, who appears to be the same age. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on over there? And he's like, dude, you gotta help me out here. You you know what I what I brought you in here for? How do I beat Silent Hill Four? And the protagonist tells him to use the hyper blaster. Now, I I didn't actually play Silent Hill Four, which I know a big surprise here, but I don't think they have anything called a hyper blaster. So he teaches his boss to do the super McZoomble nine thousand. <laughs> hey Chris, what does his boss sound like? Uh, <laughs> that's a don't say me. That's a good quite. That's a good point. Okay, Parker, I'm glad you brought that up because is this just like what we sound like when we do an impression of you? Because he just seems like he's like. I'm just a yearning for some learning. Tell me them cheat codes, son. Thumb and his suspenders and everything. It's, it's kind of a it's John Goodman so, in B-movie sort of thing. It's so John Goodman in B-movie in my head. I'm like, is this racist? Like, it's so exaggerated. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Like, is it racist against second. you specifically, Parker? It seems like he's making fun of Texas instead of just doing a Texas accent. Why does he have I a Texas accent it. anyway? What do we have to do with Silent Hill? I didn't fucking make it. It's so fucking cool that this movie takes place ostensibly in New Orleans. And this is the only character even attempting an accent. <laughs> That's a good point. I yeah. just want to talk right down to it. Yeah, sure, fine. You have three scenes that'll work. Don't worry about it. So anyway. Only the best for Disney's first and only slasher movie. So uh, the guy who died, was that the protagonist's brother or something? Okay, yes. I just want to make sure I got it right. So, man, you know, we say a lot like, man, this movie fucking sucks. It's awesome. <laughs> the first 20 minutes had such a powerful energy. I thought about the movie all day. That's all yeah. I So to anyway, uh, they he gets a call. It's like, oh no, my brother got killed because he played a video game. So we cut to the funeral, and there's this girl going around taking pictures. You know those funeral photographers... <laughs> <laughs> As one is apropos yeah, to do. The skinny, Can I get one of the king and queen? The skinny, beautiful blonde chick with the thigh-high cowboy boots and the goth dress taking pictures and going up to the guy who says, You look like the saddest one here, but you're not crying, so I took a picture of Point Blank Range. Here's my number. <laughs> uh, is that easy? <laughs> Then he, because I look sad all the time, and I've never gotten a number based off that. She probably thought he was Jamie Kennedy. It's fine. <laughs> oh, dude, am I being exed? What are you doing at this funeral? <laughs> it's cool. That's the thing that I have in my brain still after all these years. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he's like, "Wow, cool! I got a girl's number after my brother died." Off to the gamer bar. <laughs> I have. A million questions about where this is and what they do there. Uh, apparently, they don't have a tremendous clientele here. Be- you don't yeah, say. there are multiple points where they're just in the bar gaming and no one comes in. They, they have like a, a closed sign back after this land party or, or something. I don't know. Then their friend, who is certainly not. Matthew Lillard comes by and is wearing like one of those hats, you know, like the, the hats that you see at like SGDQ or something like that. It's got like two little testicles hanging down from either side of it. And this guy, I need him in my life. I need him on my clan. I need him in the Steam chat room. I need him on our Discord. This fucking guy. <laughs> this goddamn McPoyle sauntering into the movie. Now, here is a horrifying realization I had. I was right down like, oh, he's just doing this awful Ryan Reynolds impression. But as the movie keeps going on, and he keeps making the same jokes about eating out beeves, <laughs> as he refers to it, I realize, oh, fuck, this is 2006. Oh, fuck, this McPoyle's doing a Stifler impression, <laughs> but a gamer. 
<laughs> he is the gaming stifler, and it is a thing that I've not been able to stop thinking about. No. It's... Why would this exist? Who is this for? Me. This guy right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also me. <laughs> so, Parker, we should really refer to him by his character's name. Phineas. <laughs> I will not do that. Orphan. I, I, I see... I, I'm going to go ahead and say that we can call this guy McPoyle and every other character must be referred to by their name because I 100% am going to call somebody October. Okay, yeah. The, <laughs> the fucking his, nerve. His sister's name is allegedly October. <laughs> go fuck yourself, movie. And she, uh, she's one of my least favorites. She is just constantly rubbing her ass on the bar. <laughs> just get off that <laughs> I, fucking thing. You remember back in the mid-2000s when being goth wasn't cool? <laughs> yeah, this movie does. Oh, man. And, yeah, just imagine putting this character in a movie in 2020 and having all the fucking simps online going, Ooh, big titty goth GF, oh, God, big titty goth shit. GF. Meanwhile, we get this character who just wears too much eyeliner and gives people the finger, and then when she dies, you're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> she had it coming. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so... I think one of my favorite parts about this is at some point someone's I don't remember who says it to him specifically, but someone says about his brother, he was a real gamer, huh? You know, I gotta insult the dead. <laughs> God, I hope someone says something about me. So he goes back to his house, if you want to call it that, and he's a gamer. I, He'd want us to be. No, gaming. we were gonna get to that. We can't get to that line yet. Don't don't. I thought that was at the bar. I didn't want. No, to it, it does happen at one point. Trust me, I wrote it down. So at one point, it it says. Uh, he doesn't say it is. He's just doing it. He's doing his dishes. He's. Do you hear that thunder? Is that coming through? I yeah, do. it's. I heard oh that. God, what a spooky yeah. night for yeah, gaming. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna have nightmares. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you gonna dream about a childhood fire? Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> anyway, so he's doing his dishes. He's just washing red solo cups. How poor do you gotta be to to wash red solo cups? Maybe you should spend less money on games. Maybe you should shut the fuck up. How about that? <laughs> You ever think about that? Jeez. We're like an hour removed from Chris talking about what a big physical media guy he is, and I wants to tell the gamers not to game. They, he hasn't earned it. Apparently he's not very good at his job. He, just, he can't tell his boss how to beat Silent Hill 4. So, um, in the background, you can see a gigantic advertisement for a movie called Steam Boy. Um, so, Michelle told me about it. Michelle's actually seen it. And she says what? it's a really, really good anime steampunk movie. So Parker, it's in your future. God, <laughs> fucking. Damn it. I just and now we have to pause, keep Steam recording, but we boy. just have to talk about this. We need to drink in whatever Frankie Muniz is wearing in the scene. <laughs> yeah. Now, first of all, we're going to call him by his. If I had three wishes, two of them would be just to be in the room with you as he appeared on camera. I paused it for, it must have been like 35 minutes that I was just talking about all of it. He's rocking the the upside down visor on his head. He's got a t-shirt over a button down. He's carrying a laptop. He's calling himself Swink. It's so fucking cool because our main character looks just like Jamie Kennedy. And Frankie Muniz dresses just like Jamie Kennedy. (laughs) There's a cool moment where, like, oh, that's weird that Frankie Muniz is in this because he's, like, never in movies. Maybe he's, like, agreed to, like, come in and just, like, do this for a weekend. Assuming that he would just be the first one to die. Boy, was I happy to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. If he fucking was the first one to die, I think I would have turned this off and said we got to pivot to something else. But, uh... Incorrect. Anyway, then his other friend comes over. Jamie Kennedy. And, uh, also... T- 
two girls in this apartment. Yeah, sure. Uh, Jamie Kennedy comments on... Uh, sorry, McPoyle comments on the blonde chick uh, who may have a name. I don't know if they say she has a name. Blonde chick. He says that the girl has got body karate going on. <laughs> he sure does. I don't know quite what that means. <laughs> I fucking hate this game so much. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely going to use it in the future, but... I don't know what it means. The director's cut, which is 15 <laughs> minutes longer, takes it from a PG-13 to an R, which means you get a lot more of his one-liners. About eating beef, apparently. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He compares game testing to eating beef, because it's exciting at first, but then you just get bored. Thoughts, comments? That's not true. Eating Please beef subscribe is in the chat. Anyway, so uh, we here respect uh, <laughs> all shapes and sizes. Uh, sorry, Michelle just texted me something. About this. Anyway, uh, you got some more Ghibli in your yeah. future, buddy. <laughs> Cut that out and post. Uh, it's gonna knock out his power. Then Lady Bathory's gonna murder him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, after he says, "Girl has got body karate going on," the next line that is immediately follows is. The guy who says size doesn't matter never played a third-person shooter. Now, Alex, you're a gamer. Can you explain to me what that means? Because <laughs> first of all, how dare you? <laughs> Second of all, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't understand a word he said. It's almost overwhelming. Like this whole first half hour, when you get that uh, three-hour-long opening kill, and then just all these character beats back to back to back to. Back. And, I had to pause it for a minute. I had to take. I mean, a breath. here's the thing, and this is like so maybe much. this is a comparison again. Alex, I haven't seen it yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but compared to Sleepaway Camp, there is a lot of characterization in this. I know who these characters are based on what they're saying. They're stupid characters. They're dumb stereotypes for much of it, but come on, I know what they're doing. You know, whereas don't worry, there's no characterization. That's so that's a comparison. There we go. Uh, now the next part It's like hey what if all the characters from a directed DVD American Pie movie Played a haunted PS2 game <laughs> It really could sell Yeah It worked on yeah, us evidently. Hell yeah so, dude The uh, next one I want to get to Multiple is uh, their headphones They're, Did you see their headphones <laughs> Only two of them are wearing headphones uh, One of them is wearing like a little Xbox 360 headset And the blonde just gets nothing So the headphones look like the air traffic control cans that, like, snap to your head and cut out all <laughs> other sound. Yeah, you need surround sound when you're gaming, so for I, real. You wouldn't know. <laughs> so here's the thing. They're all together in the apartment, right? And they have, first of all, five different screens, one house, all all together like I, that. I have so many questions about the physical side that's of a, this video yeah. game. Because they they're awesome. Like, their boss is also yeah, so it's a one. That's, they have one fucking disc. Yeah, exactly. What it's one it? disc, five different screens, and he just <laughs> IPs in, I guess. And two of them are wearing headsets. Why are they wearing headsets? Are they going to say the gamer word to children who are gaming online? <laughs> Look, this is an important important time to butt in and, and remind Chris of something that is said in the director's cut that is not in the okay, regular game, here. which is <laughs> as the game loads up our good friend McPoyle says can we skip the cinematic foreplay I wanna fuck <laughs> you need to watch the director's cut this is not, that's not a Disney version so I only, much of that I want the physical media of this for Disney <laughs> there's 
so much dialogue like that. And it's just a zoom in on his face, which, you know, is like, hey, just write off like five or six of these. We'll just insert them later. You know, you can really feel you know Michelle it. has to leave at 8.30, which is in like five and a half hours from now. I might wake her up to watch the director's cut. And she hated this movie, by the way. Uh, what? Why didn't you kick her out? <laughs> Weird that she's still here, yeah. Because well, she's a girl, and girls aren't gamers. Well, that was terrible. Yeah, so you should probably be getting going soon. Huh? It's in the storm <laughs> tonight. Ah, boy, it's getting late. Apparently, you know, uh... she was a little too scared by the pop scares. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> the roads are going to be unsafe. You might as well get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, hey, don't get hit by any characters. Now, I don't... <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys listen very carefully to the scene, but at one point, I think McPoyle says, That's so gay. Which, uh, post-9-11 movie, you know, dude. Uh, 2006 was a yeah. different time, uh, as gamers, you know, there are certain gamer words. And I, I picked a really great time to pause it. It was, uh, Frankie Muniz's face after McPoyle licks his controller. <laughs> Which, I have to admit, <laughs> I was laughing really, really hard when he licked that controller. I thought <laughs> it was the funniest jackass sort of prank I've ever seen. He just tells him, touch it. Touch it. <laughs> Just Come and touch it, Dave. Filming this. <laughs> Look at Don't it, be Dave. afraid of it. <laughs> so here's about where I came to the conclusion that the funeral photographer was very obviously the villain. And this is going to be a recurring thing here. So she just shows up out of nowhere at a funeral and just gives this guy her number and be like part of his group. She comes to the apartment and is as soon as she gets in there, she has to go to the bathroom alone, which girls don't do. She, when he hands her the controller, she's holding it upside down. He has to help her out, put it right side up, which kind of a slam against girl gamers there, which I know we kind of make the I mean, jokes there, but like, come on, <laughs> even that's a bit much. And then she's the one who tells them, we all have to read the prayer together in order to advance the game. Like, <laughs> it's really trying to set up that she's like some sort of reincarnation of Lady Bathory. Which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life, but the movie is deliberately breadcrumbing this. <laughs> it feels like that was a version, they were like, this is fucking stupid, scrap all that. And they're like, cool, we already filmed like 80% of it, so... So, here, let's no. talk about the play. First of all, they do have to read that stupid poem that I read at the beginning, uh, which is dumb. Dude, the look on my face when I first watched this, like, oh, it's about a haunted game, like, alright, so Countess Elizabeth Bathory. It was real, like, hang on, hit pause, what? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> but that's the thing, is like, only, only three of them, I think, have headsets. The others are just saying it, and the game advances anyway. That doesn't make any sense mechanically. <laughs> No one's because they say the curse, and then you get the fucking spooky voice. You spoke the words, and you will die. As they're customizing their character. <laughs> oh, like, can we please talk about the fact that this intimidating. that this game has create a skater in a horror survival game? It fucking rules. A thing that I noticed at this point because it keeps showing them. they've been gaming for a while. You know they gotta get comfy. Well, we see the McPoyle wearing the tank top that says "Who farted on it." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna. And his, and his sister, <laughs> is, October, dresses herself out as a prostitute. I mean, that's what got well, yeah. Then, but anyway, the premise of this game and the movie is that Lady Bathory took place in New Orleans instead of Hungary. <laughs> It's like kind of yeah, the same thing. They're kind you of know, close that, uh, by. <laughs> that American South royalty it's with like their many many and people such. have said that Hungary is the New Orleans of Europe. So, <laughs> all right, movie. I'll give you one conceit. All right, so uh, New Orleans, Elizabeth Bathory. Stop. <laughs> nope. You blew it. So speaking of blowing it, the objective of the game is to shoot kids. 
my the jump cuts like all right time to play and they're just murdering a hundred kids with nail guns in a they're cemetery. just dual wielding <laughs> semi-automatics in these kids faces and they're saying oh you should probably shoot that kid should i shoot that kid i'm gonna shoot that kid yeah shoot that kid and he shoots the kid yeah i'll let you know when the director's cut it's just as abrupt it's all right cool we got our characters uh the spooky voice said we're in trouble and then just cut to them what looks like they've been playing for hours just cu- caked in sweat murdering kids you know, this is gonna sound weird and maybe you guys can correct me because i think you guys game a little bit more than i do but i don't think there's any video game in which you can kill kids i don't know any i've never done that in a video i've never killed a kid in a video game is that even a possible thing I can tell you I certainly tried Metal Gear Solid Five like a lot. <laughs> I didn't play that. It's very frustrating. But eventually you just find ways to yeet them off the map because they're in the oh, So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you do what you can. It, that's not a possible thing. Of all the things to make a video game movie about, you chose the one thing you can't do in any video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was infamous for murdering women and bathing their blood. These fucking kids have <laughs> got to get dome shot and, and they're all over you. They're crawling all over you like little gremlins. You just got to stomp them the fuck so out. So the Texas boss now guy... find the hidden grave. <laughs> the Indian Texas boss guy dies in the game, which the game told you not to do, so he's going to die in real life. But we already know he's going to die in real life because we saw the opening, right? And <laughs> if we know that he's going to die and we know how he's going to die, why would this be scary? Because you die. Oh. For real. And, uh, it, for real, So yeah. I guess the way he dies is someone, like, shoved a stick in his throat or something. Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, in the PG-13 version, they can't even show it. <laughs> I assume they're... He just gets Yeah, stabbed. that's it. In this way, it, it cuts to black before the, the impact. It's just his zoomed-in uh, face going, No! Except in a Texas accent, so... No! Hey, we're second now. Don't stab me. No, howdy. What? Sir, maybe maybe this is the there. worst thing Disney ever did. The physical media thing is, oh yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> this is my song. <laughs> I don't care for it. So, uh, I, my next note here says, where are they? And uh, <laughs> then I realized they're in the gamer bar. They have multiple like, like desktops set up so they can all game next to each other. Why did they go to... Check my notes here. Hutch's house. These fucking names are overwhelming. They're all like playing the games, and uh, McPoyle says, he, they, "So their their friend, quote mark quotation marks here, friend Texas guy, uh, dies, and they're really 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 sad that they lost their boss." Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, um, how, who would be that upset if their boss died? He didn't seem like he was really well. <laughs> the entire liked. office is like in tears, like. Oh god, it's horrible. Aren't you thinking in your head like So like here's the thing. I actually really like my bosses and if if they died I'd be really upset and if they're listening I'd really like a raise. But this guy <laughs> you just because they all know you make But this. like this guy he didn't seem like he was even that likable. It didn't seem like he had any friends. He had that one scene with Hutch. So, why are they all that beat up about <laughs> Where it? Where he asked him how to beat Silent Hill and told him, you have to stop playing all those video games and you gotta make money like I do. I mean, I guess it's kind of like disturbing from there, but I'm giving this movie a little too credit by taking it seriously for even a second. Especially when the line that the, that McPoyle says about it, that they say is a little insensitive, is, you show respect to gamers by gaming. Can we, <laughs> I want that tattoo Can we please put that on my headstone? Same. 
<laughs> now, now, Parker, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're coming up on the uh, the input of the Konami code. Uh, thank game, you. Right? I needed that. Sure are. <laughs> also, big fan, uh, we keep very subtly alluding to past trauma by just, like, having someone strike a lighter and then the main character just staring no, at it. No, he does the opposite. He just turns away really quickly, like a cat turning away from a pickle. <laughs> Big shout-out to one of the flashbacks showing a kid a bunch of fire and then just showing an NES controller. That See, it was the 80s and he was gaming and then his mom died. Like, really All feel right, the, uh, the Cliffy B influence. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's, he's the console. You gotta really tighten up oh the graphics God. in scene three here. Uh, so, here's the thing that gets me. You could just pause the game. Oh, uh, well, actually, uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, uh, Countess Bathory foresaw this little glitch. Maybe it's like breaking the fourth well, we'll wall, the game there. unpauses itself. So, uh, anyway, uh, their, their friend, McPo- first of all, they here's another thing that kind of clued me into the breadcrumbing of uh, the funeral photographer. They all, except for her, have, like, little visions about, like, uh, scary things. Uh, Frankie Muniz is playing the computer, and blood comes out of the keyboard, and he wipes it on his face. Uh, Hutch is in the mirror, and you can see the burn on his body, and he his eyes go all goofy, like in uh, Truth or Dare. And uh, <laughs> McPoyle is fixing his car. Yeah, like, he knows how to drive a car. And he almost gets run over by a bus, and October... What is October? Something something happens with October. Like, they're all getting, like, scary visions. Nothing happens to... She isn't even shown in this scene. So the first thing you think is, oh, she's behind the scenes. She's controlling everything. You're breadcrumbing here. You're setting something up. We'll get to that. So, uh... Also, big shout-out to uh, McPoyle. Just having a sports car for yeah, some Yeah, he just has a Pontiac GT. So... When he refers to it as his whip, yeah, I felt like a sinking feeling. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to change the. I'm going to have to change the intro. You're no longer super white. You can't compare to how white that is. <laughs> my whip. It is disgusting. Hey guys, my whip's here. I'm going to go back to the game. <laughs> right, did man. you did, did the, the R rated version that they have the scene where they come in and they're like, "Oh no, he's dead. He's on top of his computer. Is the he's just smoking a bong." Yeah. Which again, I didn't know you could show it a Disney movie, but apparently that's Disney for you. So uh, anyway, um, McPoyle's just like, no, you just uh, I don't care about the game. That's not real. That can't be. And he drives away, and then he gets run over by a carriage. <laughs> the PS2 horse and carriage running him over is such a startling image. It's gonna stay with me. For Did the rest you like of my listen life. really closely? If like if you listen to the sound, you could be like. So the next Nintendo Direct is coming out. I'm really excited for it. And you can tell them. <laughs> <laughs> If this movie wasn't so profoundly stupid and memorable, I would just assume, like, well, clearly I dreamed something. Because there's no way one of the McPoyle brothers got run over by a PS2 <laughs> Like, surely that's not real. Like, I just had... I took too much melatonin and had weird fucking... No. That's a, that's a central death. In that's one movie. of the most important ones. That's what convinces them that if you die in the game, you die in real life. So there's a police investigation, and they just have his laptop, and they can just it's just open, and it's on the game. And, uh... That cop walking in, going, Hey, move out of the way, and just unpausing in the game. No, that's the, the thing. The first thing he band. does is he must obviously create his own character, because he gets it later on. <laughs> So but cool. <laughs> there's a crime scene a dead person's like 
Oh, y'all got video games. Uh, I used to play Qbert back oh, in the day. Oh, that's we talk, First of all, <laughs> we have to talk about where he he meets one of our favorite characters who is credited as Fidget. He goes into what must oh, be a game. That's what his he, credit is. That's that's what the credit was. We saw that. I was like, that's a name for a dog. So uh, Fidget is. Are they just insulting gamers? <laughs> I assume that instead of fidget, we just all just wrote down, that's me. Because that's exactly <laughs> what I did. He's just sitting there like, oh yeah, you just, you want to play that uh, Stay Alive, man? You just want to, do you want some death sticks? Yeah, yeah man, you want to get the shit that they got in the faculty? You want to shoot this up, man? You know, you could just uh, get this up. Oh, Stay Alive, man. I heard it's one of those underground games. <laughs> When it, when it fucking pans out and he's wearing a shirt that just says wheat on it. Like, <laughs> cool ass character. I think one of my favorite parts is that this, that one of the jerk cops here just cuts in line. There's like seven people in line, just gets up there and goes, Excuse me, looking for information on Stay Alive. Here's my badge. It's one of those underground. I am an games. officer of the law. Please give me information on video games. <laughs> Guys like, you know if you ask that dude about VG cats, you're not leaving for like 90 <laughs> minutes. So he goes into his car and he gets killed. So <laughs> his face gets ripped apart. Now that's not the PG 13 version, so I'll tell you that much. It just goes it to it's in the car in here, and then it cuts to the next scene. Oh, cool. Where uh, yeah, I love that in slasher movies. Yeah, where the main character Hutch and the uh, video game or in the funeral photographer just break into a house and just walk around and look at stuff. Uh, which I guess he could just yeah, do. The, his brother and his fucking Tales from the Crypt Mansion dies. His best friend, I guess, dies horribly. And then the next scene is like, yeah, I was fucked up. See, when I was a kid, yeah, my dad thought my mom was cheating, so he had a gamer moment and just burned the whole fucking house down and killed her. <laughs> quite you go the, brick in somewhere? Quite the story to tell a girl who was very clearly interested in you, but who am I to say? We've had two conversations, one of which was me standing outside the bathroom uncomfortably long. So you want to know all about my uh, the guilt I carry within me? Because I feel like I should have stopped it. Let me tell you about this burn I have. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... And then my brother Kane, <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> Fuck is this? I mean, there's something that's definitely to be said over here. Is that you realize once you die in the game, you die in real life. So what? here's the thing. Why not just stop playing? And I think Frankie Muniz, Swink says explicitly we should probably Stop just saying that. we should probably just it not sounds play like this. a slur <laughs> it does uh, he says you know maybe we should just not play this and I think they mostly do but they keep investigating and then the game starts playing itself and yeah let's look her up her name is they do a good job of not playing <laughs> until the goth girl walks outside to smoke a cigarette yeah and they see <laughs> see her in the game so october uh they see her it's just on an open laptop apparently <laughs> they just have open laptops all over the place <laughs> and they just see her around there she's just wandering around and again the, the video game just looks bad it, there's no other like nice way to put it it just looks like shit it's like it's the end of that console generation. It looks like it was made on a dev kit from eight years prior. Twilight it's Princess so cool. came out that year. Oh my God. So God. fucking. We put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. They're just anyway. She wanders into the house and gets caught in one of those indoor bear traps, which you know they just have, 
and she gets menaced by the worst looking villain in a horror movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's Lady it's Bathory looks like white the reveal. Parker, isn't this the bad guy in Maleficent 2? Oh. <laughs> fucking might as well yeah. be. Too. It is god awful. Like, I cannot handle a horror video game. So I cannot think of anything less scary than this. So here's the thing: we uh, they leave, are like, "Oh no, our best friend's dead because of whatever," and they're driving away in Wee Van, and, uh, <laughs> 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 and the funeral photographer admits, "Hey, yeah, I was man. lying." Or she gave like her backstory. At one point, they actually asked her, "So you're kind of mysterious. You just showed up in our lives with no warning and just want to be part of our group. What's your story?" In hackers, they would have asked, "What's your gamer tag?" But in this one, they ask, uh, what's your deal? And she's just like, oh, uh, I'm going to Princeton, and my mom's a kindergarten teacher, and my dad's an architect. And here she's like, I was lying. I, I'm not going to Princeton. My mom's not a first grade teacher. Uh, you said kindergarten teacher. Whatever. And uh, my dad's not an architect. This van, home sweet home. I'm just like, at, when first when she said I was lying, I was like, Oh, they're going to be like, I have an ancient past tied to Lady Bathory, and then she's going to be real to be the the secret, you know, reincarnation of it, because that's it's right there. It said, uh, no, I'm just homeless. I'm like, she's lying about that too. They don't really do anything with her being homeless either, do they? The director's got at the end. Does she get like a home or something? Well, maybe they both move into the wee van and they live together. <laughs> Oh, no, I think we all got the same ending. <laughs> Which is, the good one. was a very ballsy move by this movie, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, so anyway, uh, they decide the only way to, to, to beat the game is to finish this. Which again, every single time she keeps saying, you have to finish this, I was just like, get to the end where he gets killed and then she bathes in their blood and uh, that's the movie. That's not really t- the twist. They go it's to good, uh, Parker. I, that would be a movie. That Parker, I, Parker, I wrote down these words and devoid of context. Uh, they're somewhat disturbing, and I feel like I should delete this note. It says, "Gamer plantation." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you're right, you're right. I mean, they go to the plantation where this video game was Correct. developed. This. Now, uh, you know Doom was just developed in, like, a, a house where all the guys lived together, and they would drink Coke, and they would eat pizza, and they'd, oh, man, I got this idea, you bounce ideas on me, because you all live together, it's like, you, it's good for camaraderie. So, when you live on the plantation, uh... This fucking haunted Elon Musk with his <laughs> creepy dolls just living alone in this old slave house is... The movie could have taken a turn. It really could have. It was a real touching of I was... Like, they're looking around, I was like, wow, this creepy plantation with a motorcycle. Uh, They just... (laughs) I was a really really, cool guy must live here. I was really hoping that they were going to press the doorbell and you would just hear... But we don't get that. Uh, So they walk outside and they see a cemetery. uh, A graveyard for slaves. A slave yard, if you will. <laughs> it was a slave yard. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, so they're inside while Frankie mutes. But you posed something interesting to me earlier, which is why would they make graves for slaves? 
Like they're just <laughs> dumping them all in the fucking well. Wait, right? I just you just brought up a good theory here. What if then the, we will all have nice time? <laughs> what if the graves, all those cemeteries, all those mausoleums, which are all crammed together? What if those are all for the developers of the game? What if in the game they're just fighting dead slaves? That's it's horrible. No, this game Parker, should be it's canceled. for all the game testers. Oh, I think I found a bug and I died. <laughs> oh man, I'm dead in the game again. This is just like that time I was like, the bee even got a hair on my tongue. <laughs> anyway, Swink is the hero of the movie. Uh, he is selfless. He is the samurai warrior of this game. He's just—he's fucking playing the game on his Alienware in the back of this homeless girl's van. Yeah, he's the hero by doing this. He says, "I'll be the decoy. They can run around and chase me, and you guys can go explore the gamer plantation." So, uh, Swink I, at one point gets out to. I just he just gets out of the van and uh, he's helping them he's doing like reconnaissance and looking around apparently he must be really good at this game he's using roses to get at apparently roses are like the super video game item which Josh it's to put this it's okay uh, to use the rose <laughs> to put this scene in context if this movie were made 10 years later he 1000% would have had a drone in this scene. oh yeah that's right oh fuck oh yeah. man I mean, that's what they did in... Uh, yes, very easily. That happens in so it, it, many movies. I mean, that's exactly what happened know, in Blair Witch, which came it. out literally ten, year, 10 years later. And they did nothing Correct. Really, but that's story for yeah. another day. So, anyway, he gets <laughs> out of there. Drone. He gets locked out of his out of the van, and he has to reach in and, and like, nudge the controller to make his character move. And can we talk about his, his gamer character's... Uh, Avatar or whatever. His gamer character's body, he's built like me. <laughs> okay. He's just, well, that's why you brought yeah, it up. He's just huh? running around. First of all, when I said that, Michelle's like, yeah, sure, okay. But uh, it's so funny the way that he runs, he's pumping his arms like a lunatic. <laughs> Is that not how people it's, run? It's the going to the store video that Alex mentioned. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine we cut to a different scene and Frankie Muniz is just clipping into the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> here's A-Rod sinking into the ground <laughs> so anyway there's a really stupid moment here apparently uh, funeral photographer girl is first of all it's at this point it's revealed that she's clearly not Lady Bathory because Lady Bathory tries to kill her at least a dozen times and she's stuck upstairs and oh no I can't get up there because it's locked I need like a, a, a crowbar or something Half-Life video game reference no Fucking Frankie Muniz goes into the game to drop off a magical crowbar that lands on the steps. So you can just do that in the game now. It's, like, the thing is, like, if you can do all of this stuff in the game, why are you at this fucking mansion? Exactly! <laughs> There's how no you, reason for any of this. How do you write a movie where you go inside a video game to fight evil and then somehow also write yourself into a corner and go, oh, fuck, now what do we have them do? We're in the house. There's no, shit, there's no weapons. What do we do? Like, maybe try a second well, draft. That's all we I'm have saying. to, Movies we have to mention Chekhov's mirror, which is one of the funniest things here. His mirrored Alienware gaming I laptop is what saves the day. Could not believe my fucking I had to rewind it. It's like, okay, this isn't gonna be how it ends. He is not gonna vanquish the ghost of Lady Bathory. 
with an Alienware laptop. Now, Parker, you know a little bit more about Lady Bathory than I do. I just know... Do I? I you've mentioned her, like, unprompted on this podcast before. It's like, oh, maybe he's, like, <laughs> familiar with the lore or something like that. I assume that you do. I don't know much about her anyway. But uh, was she also, like, the picture of Dorian Gray? Oh, yeah, she was a gamer. Okay. If that's that's what basically what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's all fucking bathing in virgin's blood to stay young, and it's whatever. so. <laughs> but also with gaming and babies in the graveyard. Oh yeah, what is with the murdering babies subplot? It's so many. Different. So, so I mean, nothing was funnier in two thousand six and dead baby jokes. It's just fucking. That's topical. a good point, actually. <laughs> so at one point, the game says that Swank dies, but he didn't because he was surrounded by uh, roses. So the game was just wrong. Either that, or he hacked the game, and I wouldn't put it past him. He didn't him. die. He just game overed. It's different. Game over is not dying. Sometimes you game over because uh, time uh, ran out. Gamer stuff. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah, we'll go with that. And he was surrounded by roses, so they take the roses, and the roses fall. So, so while he locks himself in the room, funeral photographer girl is playing. He loves me. He loves me not with a rose. I'm like, that seems like a very valuable piece of equipment that you shouldn't be fucking around with. <laughs> seems out of place almost like this scene probably meant something this else was, this was of time. course my last hurrah for the uh she is lady bathory all along so i was like, like oh lady bathory only wanted someone to love her and uh if he loves her then uh she'll subsume it into her consciousness and they'll go around killing people in video games at that point michelle told me to shut the fuck up so now she's just in the other room just dicking around with a flower yeah. <laughs> at the movie's yeah, climax that's the point of the movie apparently so, uh, anyway, they're able to escape the gamer plantation. <laughs> I don't... I'm still not sure what the fuck happened, I'll be yeah, honest Yeah, that ending's a little unclear. And then the credits roll. So, can we just ask, which is a funnier credit here? Produced by McG or video game consultant Cliffy B.? It's the second one. I don't is... know why you ask questions and know the answer <laughs> to It would always be... Video game consultant Cliffy B. I've thought about that nonstop since the first time I watched it. My this favorite movie. thing. Anytime someone mentions this movie, it's what I think. Every, of. My favorite thing about it is Michelle said he should have been fired. <laughs> she her agree, but for she said reasons. so loud he doesn't know anything about video games. <laughs> also correct. No, you don't understand. They're big, strong men, and they have guns, but the guns have chainsaws. <laughs> First of all, I like that game, but uh, same. But still, like, is his Twitter Christ. picture still him holding that giant like gun chainsaw thing from Gears of War? God, I fuck it up. It, so. I I don't get it. I genuinely do not understand like the idea of someone going to him like, "Hey, how do video games work?" And his idea is, "You ever heard of Silent Hill Four? You should put your game." Also, reference <laughs> Fatal Frame, a game that no one outside of Japan ever actually played. Those games are fucking horrifying. <laughs> My sister really the likes Tony it. Tony Stark of video games. <laughs> Tony Stark of video games. That will also be on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffy B, the Tony Stark of video games. God, bring back the Spike TV VGA awards, please. <laughs> yes, please. No, that, that's totally coming back for the new G4. Oh, man. <gasps> do, you, do you think they're going to get that Dorito Pope guy? <laughs> Absolutely. Like as someone, rules. as someone who has never watched a second of G four in my life, missing out. Like, it's good to know that people are getting what they want. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. I'm just really, I'm really happy for everyone. Else. I know in my heart, I absolutely do not want this to come. Oh back. right, but also I'm going. It's to probably going it. to be really to lame and dumb. Like. 
in 2020. But, man, that was a really cool part of my life, and I do miss it. And I wish I had seen this in 2006. Oh, my God. I'd be a different person. I think I'd know I'd be a different person. <laughs> it fundamentally changes you. <laughs> Who's this Cliffy B guy? <laughs> I want a job like this. I get to make video games and horror movies? It just this movie just so very clearly falls into what our oeuvre is, you know. This is up there with the one. <laughs> Good <And movies>. hackers. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to writer and director William Brent Bell, who also wrote, directed The Devil Inside, <laughs> the most wretched movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Wait, which one was that? Can you remind me how that one goes? Oh, that's the one that uh, is with a car crash and then tells you, hey, if you want to find out what happened, go to this website. And also the website doesn't exist oh my anymore. God. The, <laughs> feel free to check out Terrible Blog. The only there. ending, that, wor- that was one of my favorite reviews you ever wrote. It's the only ending that worse than this me. one. Where you're just like... Literally just a fucking URL. Like, hey, also this movie is like 75 minutes. Thanks for your 12 bucks, <laughs> dickhead. What a cool oh movie. my God. I kind of want to watch Stay Alive again. You want to... More than anything. Dude, you didn't even get the full experience. You Evidently. Know you guys didn't get the Disney yeah. experience. You gotta get the sanitized cut. <laughs> you need Stay Alive Chopped and Screwed immediately. <laughs> I really wish they could make a Stay Alive too. I mean, they teased it, so we just need to get looks So we gotta talk going. about the real ending here in that GameStop or whatever, where Twitchy or Fidget or whatever he's called gets a game. He's like, mm, yeah, it's in the game. In the game, you're gonna put it in the game, and he puts it inside a, a. I think it's a PS2 or something, and he starts playing it. And did you look at some of the signs that they have? There's just a Nvidia sign. <laughs> there was definitely a moment of like. I want to visit this fucking one of the One of the signs that was hanging up just says the words, play game. <laughs> Same, dude. I'm sorry, but Alex, I'm just remembering Mr. Wynn from Hey Arnold. Play ball! Play ball! Play ball! <laughs> <laughs> Man, I definitely referenced that exact episode. Like, oh, earlier. sweet. That's a good episode. That's one of my favorite ones. Just thinking about fucking some jack off city councilman trying to make Gerald pay property taxes on the vacant lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, this nine year old is not using this for fair use purposes. Look at these kids, they did this wonderful thing. Anyway, can you imagine if fucking Hey Arnold watched Stay Alive? Those kids would be dead so quick. <laughs> who, Stinky is getting yeeted. Who's getting, who's getting it first, though? It has to be Harold, right? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely Sid. Oh, look at me. I died in the game. <laughs> look at me. I'm Lady Bathory. I'm so ugly. I can't look at myself. Someone tells Stinky that he could use a Bathory, and then he gets her character killed immediately. I guess we have to write this and make this happen. Just imagining <laughs> fucking Sid finding the Beetle Boots in the character creator. <laughs> Look, Disney Plus is remaking like everything they have rights to. Let's get this groundswell going. Stay alive to the new class. fucking Gerald is like doing better than everyone else. He's making it through the torture. It's like, hey guys, I think I got to like Lady Bathory's chamber. Then Eugene accidentally crashes the game and kills him. <laughs> God, a sequel where Stay Alive is a battle royal and like every game, a hundred people just drop dead around the planet is good to me actually. <laughs> God, I just can't get the hang of this game without them cheat codes. 
I need a just... version of Stay Alive where streamers exist. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they're all just sitting in Iggy's super cool room playing Stay, Al <laughs> Stay Alive. And Helga rides by on a bicycle yelling about how they're all gonna die. <laughs> Three days, four hours, and 18 minutes till you die. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's not actually in the game, he's not allowed to play, he's just standing behind someone waiting for his turn, just going... <sighs> Every jump scare is just Brady. <laughs> they don't know he's in the game. Artie's the only one who could beat the game, Is like, yeah, I used to play this on the farm in Kentucky. <laughs> hey, if you're still listening, just think about Stinky talking about eating beef. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. I just like the idea of fucking, you know... They, what if there's like an alternate ending like they all get killed in the game and fucking Bigfoot takes off his headset and like puts his hand behind his head it's more noob smashed <laughs> Bigfoot putting in the Konami code to see fucking triangle polygon titties <laughs> so they pull you ooh nice me likey <laughs> I'm not sure if that's word for word but the spirit of it was there <laughs> That's the tea, sis.